This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Today, we're going to talk about black dollars and the fact that just as much as black lives matter, black dollars matter. We're talking about our money today. Now, there is far too much going on and even more that needs to be done in my black community, among my people of color. In the back of my mind, I still hear my husband's voice asking, how can you stand to watch the news when it is always so much death, destruction, and gloom? And the only relief from the first three issues is open ignorance. You may have to think on that one for a while, but take a few minutes. It will sink in. I keep asking myself, since when has working at McDonald's been a life-threatening position as a teenage employee currently lay in critical condition fighting for dear life after being run over by an angry customer whose food order was supposedly wrong? Yet she is currently in better shape than eight-year-old Sequoia Turner, the beautiful little girl whose bullet-pierced body lay dead in the morgue. You see, she was hit by the two bullets uh, believed to have been fired by two separate shooters who were allegedly, please listen carefully, allegedly protecting, if you want to call it that, a barricaded area across the street from the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was gunned down by an Atlanta police officer. My stomach is tied in knots. Tears well up in my eyes as I feel my face and head growing hot and prayer is all that I have. Prayer, my only comfort that keeps me grounded and still anticipating God's intervention. There are no words, at least none which I can utter to comfort the mother, father, and family of that precious eight-year-old. Right in Atlanta, there were 30 people shot in six separate incidents during the 4th of July weekend, of which there were five fatalities. Sequoia, that eight-year-old baby, was actually the youngest among them. Of course, I was moved to do my research only to find my twisted suspicions were accurate. Every shooting took place in a black or brown community, mainly committed by us against us. I witnessed on the news young black men walking around in the street, openly carrying large assault weapons, a sight that is so troubling as I can see no good coming from this threatening show of weaponry. All that's missing from the scene are police, and we have a recipe for lethal disaster. I guess the police has been so busy with the number of shootings and altercations that there has been no known face down between the police and these assault rifle carrying individuals. The irony of such blatant taunting, we, the black community, have lost confidence in the police based on the very public murders of several black men and women. And believe me, the police knows how many of our communities feel about them. So how do you think they will behave when called or sent into our black neighborhoods after seeing such a foolishly arrogant display of assault rifles in the hands of young black men in our black neighborhoods? How do you expect them to respond, knowing the caliber of artillery that exists within the possession of those who have been stereotyped as killers of even close friends and family. Please don't act surprised when they show up with extra armor and high-powered assault weapons of their own. Again, I say, 
the same as a waiting encounter of deadly proportions. This saddens me because any reasonable person must understand that some certain taunting behaviors may lead to the shedding of innocent blood. In the midst of all of this, the Atlanta City Council sits in hours of discussion about reforming and even defunding the Atlanta Police Department. Some agree with defunding the police, while others, looking around at the state of our city, our country, are cautioning of what will happen as a result. By Tuesday, after such a deadly 4th of July weekend, Governor Kemp actually sent in or ordered the National Guards into Atlanta to regain social order and protect federal buildings, of which one received damages to the tune of over $58,000 just during that single 4th of July weekend. I must reiterate, we have got to get back to God, to prayer everywhere, and to caring for one another in our neighborhoods prior to expecting anyone else to exercise the care and compassion that we should have and show towards one another. Our fate, our well-being, and our survival depends on it. In the words of our mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, we, the black community, have done more to ourselves than any Atlanta police officer has ever done to us or to our communities. I appreciate the mayor for speaking out and exacting some real gut-wrenching truth. Too often we want to blame others for our issues, our struggles, and our shortcomings, but never want to face the music that rings so true. Of course, systemic racism is alive and well, but we, within the confines of the black community, we must do our part and not continue to play into the negative stereotypes and expectations that others have thrust upon us. If it were true in the past, we do not need to continue to stoop to the lowered expectations of others for our future. As stated in episode number eight, our reactions and interactions between each other within our own black communities dictate the treatment we will accept from others. What is even more troubling than the teenage McDonald's worker who lay in critical condition struggling for her life or the eight-year-old who lost the struggle, I have yet to hear someone, anyone, respond to these horrific crimes with the phrase, Black Lives Matter. It sickens me because once again, it proves my theory, again from my episode number eight, in which I questioned, do black lives only matter in the troubled minds of some when black lives are taken or lost at the hands of white police officers? Is black-on-black crime somehow an unspoken rite of passage? Is it okay, no need for Black Lives Matter advocates to be outraged and enraged as a result of members of my beautiful black community's deaths at the hands of another black person? This blatant truth is one that is choking me as well. You see, the word of God, according to Hosea 4th chapter and the 6th verse, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. I hope and pray that you check me and read those words for yourself. Who, which one of you listening to my voice wants God to reject you and then forget about your children? 
I know that many of us, most of us cherish our children as they often represent the very best of us. The words in this verse are piercing. You see, I never want God to become so angry with me that he informs the world that I'm being rejected. No one likes to be rejected, but because so many have rejected the truth of God, he has become, he's become infuriated, so infuriated that some have forgotten about keeping his law that God vowed to not only reject the offenders, you know, those actually rejecting him, but he said, you know, he'll forget about our children as well. Knowing what I know about God and in our current state of affairs, I pray that God does not reject me or us. And please, Lord, don't forget about our children as we all need him now more than ever before. I need him. You need him. Your children need him. We all need the Lord. And for those who do not understand why we need him, you are in worse shape than you know. But then God's word has already said his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Please know that knowledge, when properly used, is real power. Knowledge is awareness or familiarity gained by experience of a fact or situation. I need my people, my black community, to realize that black lives matter and must matter regardless of the skin color of the guilty, bloody hands that committed the murder. By now, we must know that we, the black community, are responsible for providing the narrative of how others will view and treat us. Abusing, harming, and killing one another within the neighborhood, black-on-black crime, must be met with the same outrage exhibited when a white police officer kneels on an African-American neck until death or fires bullets into the back of a black man, killing him. Following a deadly 4th of July weekend of black-on-black crime in which the youngest victim was only eight years old, someone shouldn't be protesting this violence. The same violence that says to the white police, this is how they treat one another, so why are they so enraged and incensed when we come in and treat them just like they treat each other? If they behave like wild animals, we are willing to treat them like wild animals. It's what they're accustomed to. This is what the white police officers feel in our neighborhoods or believe in our neighborhoods when all of the time the narrative is black on black crime, blatant, ugly crime. Where are the voices that should be crying out, black lives matter? If the only time you see fit to speak out and ask others to acknowledge and respect your cause and our cause, Black Lives Matter, is when a white police has murdered an African-American individual, I say shame on you, as your outrage is, at times, seemingly misplaced, and you seem to be a bit hypocritical on top of that. Yes, I said you are hypocrites if you don't call such egregious acts exactly what they are when committed by blacks against blacks. Now, please don't get the wrong idea. I am a proud black woman and self-preservation coupled with my love and trust in God motivates me. But at the forefront of everything I say and do, I love my people, my family, my black community, and we need to do some things differently. 
With that being said, I must admit, Black Lives Matter and will always matter, regardless of the ethnicity or color of he or she who commits the act of taking a precious life. My fight for Black Lives is not fixated on any particular group or color who commits the fatal blow, as my love for self-preservation and the saving of precious Black lives far outweighs any hate for the white police or my need to shine my light brighter, sound my alarm louder when the offender is white or a white member of the police force. To me, black lives are precious and they all matter, regardless of the color of he or she who takes a black life. If it is our desire to send a message to others, we should start within our own neighborhoods. I am fully convinced, fully convinced that COVID-19 should somehow exacerbate or should have somehow exacerbated our need to put down our fists, our weapons, and our petty differences and uplift our communities. We must all be knowledgeable enough to realize that we have a common enemy that must, must be defeated. We must mobilize, organize, and strategize if we are to make an impact on our future and that of our children. I am convinced that we, the black community, must identify and work towards a common, well-stated vision. A vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Vision is the ability to see. I need my black community to see or envision that we can make our communities a better place. And with our behaviors, we can show the world that we care about our neighborhoods and our neighbors. If we stop believing that acquiring the highest power weapon is a show of power and a means to protect ourselves and gain respect, we can consult God to show us a better way. Knowledge has revealed that he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. In other words, he who lives wielding and brandishing assault rifles will more than likely die by assault rifles. According to God's word, in Proverbs 29th chapter and the 18th verse, where there is no vision, the people perish. Our community must identify a real vision for us, for our children, our survival. If we are waving at flies and reacting to every stimuli, we lack focus and true vision, which means we will not survive as our cause and goals will never be realized. If we fall for any and everything, we will not have the strength to stand for that which is truly important to our cause. Real vision brings about a well-identified goal and a plan of action that must be executed to reach the goal. Hence the words strategize, to plot, make well-thought-out logical plans, organize, mobilize, steady ourselves and come together to move appropriately together in the right direction and galvanize, move or excite people to take appropriate action. It almost sounds like a rhyming riddle, but this, this is what the black community must do in order to take our own liberty, our freedom in our own hands. In the midst of so much going on, both personally and in the world at large, it is no mistake that God would have us sit still for a while as he still demands our undivided attention. According to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter and around the first verse, 
to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. In verses 13 and 14, every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. It is his portion. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken away from it. And God does it that men and women should fear before him. Please know that that fear is not meant to be afraid, but to show God reverence, honor, regard with deep respect. Our current dilemma is not COVID-19. I know we believe that it is, but listen carefully. Our current dilemma is not COVID-19. It is not systemic racism, police brutality, inner neighborhood conflict, wearing masks or fear of the unknown. Not at all. You see, our current dilemma is our lack of reverence, honor, regard, and deep respect for God. So God allows issue after issue, problem after problem, with no answer, no remedy, no vaccine, and nowhere to run and hide. According to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, the 14th verse, God does what he does with the purpose, with the purpose that men and women should fear before him. Again, God desires our reverence, our honor, unwavering regard, and deep respect. Please understand, the relationship that God desires to have with me and with you is more intimate than that between husband and wife, mother and son, or father and daughter. As stated in Revelation 3, around the 19th to the 20th verses, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. These are the loving words of God, our God, who is simply reminding, because I love you, I will punish you. I will allow things to happen to you, but be fervent or intensely enthusiastic as a result of my great love and and repent which means acknowledge God and align oneself and ways with God's spiritual fruits. Live to honor and glorify God. He likened himself, God that is, to one knocking at a door in anticipation for the owner to open that door and invite him in. If such an invitation is extended, God said he would come in, eat and drink and spend time while making the ups and downs of life bearable seeing that individual through COVID-19, systemic racism, police brutality, cancer and HIV diagnosis, just to name a few, and every seemingly insurmountable issue or matter in your life would be attended to. God said he would comfort, lead, and guide you into all truth. He said you could cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Isn't it strange that a great God in his infinite wisdom, would stand at your little door, knock repeatedly, just so you could invite him in, in order to help you with your many issues and concerns. Yes, he desires to become a part of you, so he can see you through issues and dilemmas that oftentimes others don't even know exist. And with God, they don't have to know about them, just you and God's business in your crisis time. Just contemplate 
one so great, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, wanting to be a part of your messed up situation, only to protect and care for you and your needs. That's the God I'm talking about. I digress. During the civil rights movement, the only thing that white America responded to was economics, dollars and cents. You affect a person or an industry's money and you will have their undivided, uncompromised attention. It is the only surefire way to make your cause their cause. Now, please understand that change regarding the bus boycott did not happen overnight. Talking about the 1960s here. But it did not happen overnight. It did take place over time and unified African-American communities whose dollars, whose money collectively spoke louder than words ever could, even back in the 60s. Can you imagine how much black dollars have multiplied and increased exponentially from the 60s to this present time? If nothing else is respected from the black community, our money Our dollars, which collectively pack a mighty punch, clearly speaks in the language that all understand. Everyone is fluent in dollar bills, no matter where they come from. I can recall traveling through London and then Africa. Even when converting my dollars to the currency of the various countries, the dollar was very well known and greatly respected. I'm just saying if we, the African-American community at large, want to affect change when it comes to systemic racism and prejudice. We must consider boycotting anything and anyone whose message, whether intentionally or by omission, does not resound or effectively state without reservation that black lives matter and blacks must be afforded equal and appropriate rights everywhere by everyone in every aspect of commerce and beyond, and really, really mean it. Some may ask, do companies really have to say or state it? To which I say a resounding yes. Yes, they must. You see, silence gives consent. And until our friend, our friendly, greedy, making money off of blacks, I'm going to stay out of it, industries, are willing to stand with those of us Black people, my people, who keep their pockets fat and send their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren to school, we are not allies, and please don't call me your friend. When we continue to support producers and industries that say or do nothing about the plight of blacks in this great country, I tend to call them twisted friends with one-sided benefits. If the industry is getting fat off of the dollars of black consumers— They had better be openly standing with and speaking out for our cause, our cares, and our equality. I did say openly. As of 2017, African Americans have cornered the ethnic hair care and beauty market, accounting for $54 million of the $63 million spent in 2017. I only provide these numbers in an effort to share that we have so much power as such powerful spending gives us 1.2 trillion reasons to gain allies within the hair care and beauty industry, among others. When blacks finally realize that our black dollars, 
must be spent only with black producers and industries that not only say black lives matter, but promote putting an end to social injustice, prejudice, and systemic racism, we can stand in the power that God has already afforded us. Of course, this can only be accomplished by the producers and industries acting and speaking out loudly against prejudice and racism, advertising to reflect equity and socializing their brand in line with equality for all people of color. I say not if, but when an industry witnesses such blatant racism, prejudice, and inequality exacted towards a group of people, blacks, who just happen to be their number one consumers, it is the responsibility of such an industry to loudly say and do something. If the industry's silence persists, and we black people still spend our hard-earned dollars enriching and, in, and fattening their pockets, those who remain silent, those who pacify themselves by saying, that has nothing to do with me, we loyal black consumers appear ignorant and will continue to perish due to our lack of knowledge. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, But the silence of our friends gain a true understanding, my people, of real friends. And they are not those who remain silent while we blacks and our community suffer demeaning inequities, overt racism, and social injustice. I really don't care how good and peaceful they are or seem to be. Those who say nothing speak more loudly than those who speak purposeful words daily on either side. Let me hear what you say, and I will know where you stand. With that, I know where I will spend my hard-earned money. Ladies and gentlemen, a wise soul once told me, if you don't take a stand for something, you will fall for anything. Our black dollars matter far more than you know, and it's time that we, the black community, take a stand with our black dollars. I only use the hair and beauty industries as black dollars have accounted for more than 90%. Let me say that again. The black dollars have accounted for more than 90% of the revenues, the annual revenues earned in hair and beauty industries. That's a lot of money. That's an outstanding show of economic power and pull. We can and we must demand that those who profit the most from our dollars are also those who speak the loudest for social justice and equality. No matter how great their products, if they refuse to openly stand by and with the black community, our cause, our cares, and our equality, we must unify in refusing to support those industries any longer with our dollars. Own the fact that black dollars, just as black lives, really do matter. A wise, wise man once said, and so the truth be heard. Never what is said but done. Actions speak louder than words. We must become the change we desire, the change we want to see. Be the change we hope and pray for as our responsibility. Teach and show all others how we desire to be treated. If behaviors deviate, all you claim and state is shame and self-defeated. God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, the word of God always true. Get moving, get clear, and much understanding 
of where you spend or give business to. No more assault weapons, burning and looting in the streets. No more acting like clowns and firing rounds where there is no threat, only demeaning deceit. We must plot and plan and fully understand it's time to organize. Talk is cheap, felt the agony of defeat, so it's time to mobilize. Any and every crime committed against blacks should be resisted by Black Lives Matter. Blatant disregard for black lives made so hard against the prejudice racist ladder. Do black lives only matter in the troubled minds of some when the trigger finger was pale or pink and fired from a policeman's gun? We must clean up, respect, share, and direct, teaching all evil from good. Show love through and through until pervasive love is true in black and brown neighborhoods. Our fight is shallow, long speeches ring hollow when we contradict all that's said. Black dollars truly matter, just consider the latter to spend with only supporters, industries dread. Such actions would demand, dependent industries take a stand, our cause not just our own. Either industries are with or against us in the struggle, without us, some will need a loan. Those producers and industries we support will come up short if they fail to speak in our behalf. Each will be left without our strong black dollars, no doubt, to better understand, do the math. Not the voices of our enemies and the hate they extend is what we'll remember the best, but the silence of our friends with support they did not lend, a quiet consensual test. We must all realize with no disguise Our common enemy must be defeated. Systemic racism, isms, and schisms to be met with economic boycotts repeated. We must always remember to help one another. Don't hesitate. Take a stand. I am my sister and my brother's keeper and no love deeper, forever extending helping hands. God's word reminds where there is no vision, the people surely perish. There has to be vivid for all to see social justice and equality we cherish a time to every purpose under the heaven to everything there is a season allowing our ups and downs life's challenges to abound god does everything for a good reason oh that men would reverence and adore him allow him to come in and dine god promised to be with us always and forever through good and troubled times today is the time that blacks no common enemies and recognize economic power, a time of awareness and in all, in all fairness, all respect black dollars at this hour. Remember, it is what you actually do that reveal those things your heart truly treasures. Your actions and where you spend your money tells real truth that only loyalty measures. Well, family, this is number 11 of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with France. I am asking you to do your part to show our black communities in a positive light as we must become the change we want to see. Demand that industries that receive our hard-earned dollars earn them by standing with and loudly speaking out for our cause, our care, and our equality. Black dollars matter and must be closely intermingled with an uncompromised demand to speak against systemic racism, prejudice, and inequities, any and all industries that do not rebuke overt racism and the inequities that such motivates do not deserve black dollars, no matter how wonderful their products or friendly their personnel. 
God has given us enough knowledge, appropriate understanding, and clear vision to win, even when it looks like the odds are stacked against us. Just trust in Him, and He will direct our paths. Today, I declare and decree that we must not use guns, not inner community conflict, nor ignorance and mediocre education, but our black dollars to gain and maintain a seat at the economic table. Both black lives and black dollars matter, and every member of the black community deserves to own this understanding. You, your every action, and every dollar you spend truly do matter. Please keep the plight of our black community in your prayers. I pray this episode has blessed you in some way as it is my desire to uplift, encourage, and inspire. Don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn page. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows, you might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.